Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swiss. And uh, thank you for joining us in the, was it, multiple state lockdown, wherever you are in Australia. I hope you are well. I hope you are safe. I hope you have made it to the final round. It's the final countdown, ladies and gentlemen. Um, limp, beg, crawl, trip over, get beaten by scaling. Fucking, it's all good. You've got a week to go. Why are you describing my entire last three weeks there, brother? <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, you've gone down quicker than a girl at prom, I tell you. Um, so, well. SC Insider 100. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Also on the YouTube, just search for us and get amongst it there. Uh, all the audio platforms there. So I think this will be our last little segment, followed by, at some point, we'll do a end-of-season review and... I assume some drinks will be in there. We might even live stream that one. And just uh, uh, talking about drinks, I'm on the Northerns today, mate. So uh, I don't know about you, but uh, some of us. Oh, actually, Mike, I don't even know how do I even get this on the video. Like it's yep. not invisible. Stupid. There we go. Something like that. Um, on the Northerns tonight, just a couple of uh, cheekies. But um, yeah, I thought I, I thought I'd just polish it off because they're, they're the, like the last beers I have in my fridge. You know, so whatever. Oh, so you, so you are at, so you are at home, are you? I am, yes. Swizz, how are you travelling with the uh, lockdown, mate? And um, let's we'll start with you as well after you talk about that. How have you gone this week? What are you ranked? Uh, yeah, mate, lockdown real hard. Fit for one again. We've got the exclusion zones and the friggin' bloody nightly lockdown. Curfews, yep, yep. Mate, so, but no, yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones who still get to go to work, so I can't complain too much. Super coach, well, where the fuck do I begin? If everybody remembers Christmas's rant from two weeks ago, um, yeah. Now, my, I had my entire defence decide not to fucking show up. Oh yeah. So uh, who who did you have? You had what? Mills, Lloyd, Stewart. Yeah, Mills, Lloyd, Stewart, Highmore as my backup there. So those four were fucking out, and then Toby Mc, uh, Toby Green on top of that. So yeah, it was a fun oh. fucking week. Still managed to Didn't score twenty two hundred. Oh, I was lucky not to have May. Thank fuck. And you scored 2,200. Wow. Yeah, 2,200. So it dropped me back to 772. Uh, So I'm I'm hanging on to that top 1,000. Goal was to try to get another top 500, but I'll take a top 1,000 right now the way uh, the last couple of weeks have been because I'll definitely have another donut this week and that because with Stuart uh, still being out and my my defence backups are all out. So... It'll be one donut, but uh, it's not going to really matter because I'm only playing for rankings because I got knocked out of all my fucking prelims. Oh, yeah, you would have too. Tough, tough crowd. Um, Swizz, you are flying the flag, mate. I'm now just outside the top 1,000, which I'm actually kind of surprised I'm still in to, considering like I've, I've been playing an extra rookie because Langford's been out. Um, Neil's just been like limping on. That's probably one of my worst decisions all year. Lockie Neil in and out three times, I think, which is horrible. Yeah, do you have double backup this week? Because Zeeble's out, my friend. Oh, uh, no, no. I'm, I'm, this is this is my first donut I'm going to have all year, oh, and it's in the no. final round. Because Brockman, yeah, Brockman would have been my saviour. So I've got CCJ covering for Langford, and that's about it. So I'm, I'm copping a donut. 
uh, and Stewart's out, so that I'll at least I have um, you know defense options, and it looks like I'll be able to cover that one pretty well. But yeah, unfortunately, I'll be getting a donut this week, my first zero all year, including the buy rounds, and I've literally limped across the finish line so hard. My rank went from like three hundred slowly but surely. Uh, it's it's fucked. And if I had have got Hall in instead of Langford, I would have been laughing because there's easily like multiple hundred points that I've lost. Well, we've all been there, but uh, it's going to be interesting because I'm I've actually gone up in rank, boys. Uh, so I'm on the fucking comeback train. Cool. Um, so last week actually helped me more than probably anyone else because I didn't have fucking Thomas Stewart, the fucking dud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And so I didn't have Stephen May. I have Jake Lloyd, but I was able to cover him somewhat. I had three defensive options in my back line. I unfortunately took the wrong one. Um, I couldn't loophole anyone just with the way that the rookies were set up. Um, Jake Lloyd was also in, uh, he was in a weird spot in terms of when I was able to loop. Um, and so, and obviously uh, I have Murphy and Bianco, so I wasn't able to loop those guys. Plus I had Durham. And I wanted to keep Durham in midfield also. So I kept him there with an emergency on him. But obviously that score didn't really count. Um, and, yeah, so so unfortunately I just really couldn't loop anyone uh, that was of value. Uh, I ended up ha- taking Waitman's 42 on uh, for the forward line for Toby Green. And Nathan Murphy got 61, which I was pretty happy with considering. But I still ended up scoring 2,442, which was not too bad considering it was a, a really poor week for most people. Um, and jumped up 400 ranks to 1590. So you might you might overtake me. Too. You might overtake me this week. Well, what, what, what's your total points? I want to know how how far behind you I actually am. To see oh, okay, right, right. Well, okay. So let, okay, let's put it this way. So my total points. Oh, geez, my rank was 20,000 for the week. That's so bad. Um, Where are we? Total score, 49,472. So you're, so you're not even that far behind me. Probably not too far, no. But again, I've just been sliding, and I, and I have Stuart, and I have... You're, um, you're 230 points ahead of me. Actually, it's more like 225, but... Uh, it's possible. It's doable. With a donut, and yeah, who knows? And I'm playing an extra rookie. CCJ could just go for an eight again, like knowing how he does. Um, now, I do have a little bit of a rant to have, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for all the people that did comment in with their last-minute scaling losses. Swizz, I think you have a shout-out for one of your friends that had yeah, a brutal loss. Yeah, I do that. Um, yeah, but uh, let, me, let, me, let me go. F- you go. Let me go first. The... And it's, it's always that way. So you have these these league matchups, and there's this one guy in our league, right? We call him Bradbury because last year he literally came from the he came from the sky, came from absolutely nowhere to win the league. And it was like, oh, who's got this shit guy this week? Oh, look. And then the next minute it was like late out, injury, something happens, some weird obscure captain choice, and he ended up winning the comp. And we all just laughed. We're like, where the fuck did that come from? So this year we were joking. I, I was like, I think I lost one game all year. The guy behind me only lost to me twice. And then he was playing Bradbury. So I was laughing. I said, oh, I hope Bradbury wins because I'd much rather play him than you. And then he won and then he played me and we had all these outs. And I was like, sweet, that's fine. I got coverage. And the motherfucker has two trades up his sleeve. <laughs> like who has two trades in the second last round of the year? And then all of a sudden I'm looking at his team going, where the fuck? Hang on, where did these premiums come from? And I needed a, uh, I think it was about 215 between, I think it was uh, Ryan and I can't remember who the other player was that I had finishing up, and Ryan needed a 107 or more. So if I matched his score, I was going to win. And I was like 10 points a quarter time. I was like, this guy's shit. Fuck Luke Ryan, never picking him again. 
Next minute, these messages start going ping, ping, ping through my thing. He's like, Luke Ryan on a heater. And I have a look. I was like, whoa, look at him go. Third quarter tearing up. So I start watching. I'm like, Luke Ryan, Luke Ryan, Luke Ryan. 107 at three quarter time. I was like, bang, he's in. I've won. And the guy has stopped watching it. He's packed up shop. Luke Ryan does absolutely fucking nothing. Liam Ryan was West Coast were on a heater. They were coming hard. Liam Ryan starts playing well. So what does he do? Ryan literally hangs off Liam Ryan and they both do nothing for a whole quarter. He actually went backwards from 107, went down to like a 101 or 100. I was like, what the hell? Got a couple of cheap possessions late, 105. I was like, surely that second and third quarter, that swung them the game. Luke Ryan will get two points in scaling. No, he goes backwards two points and I fucking lose. So I'm gone. Go on. Gorn. Well, you should be fucking loving that game because the uh, fucking Luke Shuey gets a mark and a kick inside 50 to win you the draft final as well. So draft semifinal, that one was good. I needed 100 from Shuey on the dot in order to get into, again, so one of my two in a row between us, we've won three out of the last four in a 12-man league, and this year I'm now into the grand final. Mind you, I had, like, the best draft team all year, basically fluked, but we got there. So that'll be this weekend, so I'll keep you updated next week. Swizz, how's your uh, shout-out and unfortunate friend? Okay, so uh, Dodsy, who I'll know will be listening to the show right now, so I hope you're doing well, buddy. But, uh, yeah, so he was in our uh, uh, cricket club Division 1 final, so we got four divisions and the prelim. And um, so he was going to the last match playing my wife uh, uh, 386 points ahead. He had May, she had Petrarca, Salem, Durham and Waterman. Uh, He goes into work finds out after the, the game starts that May had pulled out. So I had a trade there. So unfortunately, um, couldn't do anything about that. And then Petrarca and Salem obviously both turned up, but still needed a massive score for me for Durham and Waterman. Uh, game finishes and they're actually tied, which would have put uh, Dodgy through. And then scaling put uh, from Durham put uh, Briar ahead. So yeah, my wife got through well. Division One Grand Final, and my mate who uh, is a been a bridesmaid in the uh, prelims a few times now, and one of the most unluckiest Supercoach losses I've seen. That has to be one of the worst feelings in the world. If you're in a cash league and you're ahead before scaling on the very last game, and then that few minute window where they just adjust the scores, however they want to adjust the scores, we don't know. And then all of a sudden you hit that refresh button and to see that you've literally just been bent over. That has to be one of the worst feelings out there, I reckon. We, we were cooking dinner. I've gone to check the update to see if it's been updated. My phone was starting to buzz with a few of the guys letting me know. And that's and I've just shouted out to the wife and I tell you what, the frying pan nearly went flying in celebration. So uh, she's excited. So she's playing the guy that beat me, Doi. So good luck to them and their Divi one grand final this week. Um, and good luck to everyone who's still in grand Supercoach grand finals. I uh, can't remember what that feels like, but uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> yes. Um, but look, it's, it's one of those things. And I guess on the flip side, it's one of the best celebrations that you will have when you think that you've lost and you're all dire. And um, I should actually say, side note, I was probably going to lose that final anyway, except Stephen May was the laid out. So I needed, I think it was 180 points to catch. And it was like three versus two. And obviously Petrarca outscored Oliver. So that made it me needing 215 points between two instead of having less. So I actually blame Petrarca and, and, and Clary. Now, for those that are still actually in the league, we're going to give you a little nice little... Hey, Benny boy. Zorks here, mate. Hope you have a good year with Supercoach. Hopefully you pick me up. Hopefully I can get a couple of scores for you as well. Hashtag blessed. Anyone that's still out there, Dane Zorko, we're going to hashtag bless your Supercoach final round. Just, 
Before we, well, uh, before we move on, and, um, I actually, at the start of the season, I was pretty against uh, jumping in the Supercoach this year because of COVID and uh, I thought it was going to be a fucked year, and it, and it pretty much has been, as <laughs> usual. Um, but one thing we agreed at the start of the year was we wouldn't do any cash leagues this year. So I, we, I actually only joined two normal leagues for the entire year. I'm in the grand final for both. But I tell you what, one of the leagues that we're in, you know, the... Um, the one with all the... Oh, Heater Shaw and the A-Team. Yeah, I lost this week by... Uh, who, did, who knocked me out? Yeah. Well, the prelim was... the pre, uh, Not the prelim. Uh, the, the, sorry, this is the qualifying final the week before. I think I was second or third for the in this for the season. That's when I had the big the big rant and I only scored the 2200 and I, I, I was facing the guy who was first place and I had no chance of winning start of the round. I literally was going to lose by 200, 300 points and we go into the game and... Um, Tom Stewart's laid out. <laughs> then, then Stephen Mays laid out. I'm like, oh, I'm in with a shout here, boys. <laughs> then, then Bond and uh, and Clary decide to fucking put a spud. Oh, do nothing for the ages. They did nothing. Uh, I ended up beating him by 150 points. <laughs> so I'm now in the grand final, lads, uh, against uh, none other than uh, Corey from SC Elites. His team looks good, Corey. Like I, I was a bit, fuck me up. I was a bit skeptical originally because I'm looking at his side going, and he, I know they don't play for rank, and it's been a while since I've kind of tried to play for leagues. But I was looking at his side going, he's got still got these rookies, and I was like, man, what's he doing? Next minute, I look at his team like coming into finals. I'm like, wow, okay, he's actually got a real solid team. So well played. I'm gonna drown my tears in the hundred dollars. I'm gonna win from uh, oh. uh, Tom Phillips, not averaging ninety point one. Uh, what is? By the way, he needs to score five hundred eleven super coach points this week for Tommy Phillips to average ninety point one for the season. So good luck there, Tommy. Well done. Well done. Pretty well, sure. Pretty yeah. sure. Lockie Neal needs to score a two hundred this week too, Chris, because he is absolutely <laughs> since he got since he got injured again. I had a look at it and I was like, okay, he's, he was averaging one hundred five. So I was like, okay, so in these last two games, he needs to boost his like eight ga- eight round average up by like ten points. So, so I was like, okay, so he could he could go one hundred and fifty or yeah, that's one fifty. And fuck you, quietly. Don't celebrate too early there, Chris, because Richmond's made ten changes for this game, so Tommy Phillips could be on this. <laughs> Didn't he need to average one ten plus or something for the rest of the season? Who? Oh. Wasn't that the bet? What was the bet? Neil? Neil? No, it was one fifteen. Yeah. So he needs like a, oh, yeah, he needs like two hundred, like three hundred or something. Uh, so he was he was a one hundred five average, and then I think he dropped again. So now it's probably like a hundred flat. So yeah, he's no way he's going up over like an eight game average by fifteen nah. points. He needs two hundred and forty probably. Uh, where, where so yeah, I'm screwed. But okay, but again, like how many injuries does Bloody Locking Neil need to not fucking average one fifteen? And he was killing it. Mess the bull, you get the horns, mate. I'm sure Patrick Cripps is also going to be uh, here. I think he owes you a bit of cash after this, this year. <laughs> Fuck me. I maybe talk to that friend of yours. Actually, you, you're best mates with Dane's. Oh, I have a chat with McCluggage. Actually, with yeah, yeah, no, actually, I just realized is that um, Carl will be shout out to Carl because Carl was uh, actually sponsoring oh. the um, oh, <laughs> the McCluggage bet. I reckon Carl should fucking throw in a card on top as well. Fucking hell for making a, make it a bad call there, Carl. Well done. <laughs> Um, so I think it's uh, actually a hundred, and then Carlos, you were cutting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just just to shout out uh, Corey from Asilis, his team like obviously has come into finals. Look, it's fucking stacked. So like Uniques versus me this this week. I'm just pulling it up. Like oh, basically all my all the shit premiums on my like, oh, oh yeah, they should be right for D6. It'll be right for F6. He's just got like way better. Um, so my Uniques are Houston versus fucking. 
uh, Luke Ryan. Bolton versus Sidebottom. I've got Parrish versus Oliver. Jared Lyons versus Lockie Neal. (laughs) Fuck my life. Christian Salem versus Jack Crisp. Fuck, I'm just going to get ruined. Um, And he's also got Rowan Marshall versus Toby Green, which I actually think I might have that one. I might have that one this week. I think Toby Green's going to kick a bag. So um, we'll see how we go. But... uh, Oh, all all those players know. have all those players have pretty high ceilings though. Like if Salem actually shows up and pulls out of one of those one forty games that he can do every now and then, you're gonna need right. some luck for sure. Well, look, here's the thing that I will say this week if you still got trades, there are a lot of guys that are gonna go fucking big this week. There's guys that are gonna get rested. Um there's Well Zebul Zebul is a, an easy trade if you have trades because not many people will have trades this week, for sure. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, there's a no-brainer trade right there to any forward. And I'd say if you don't have danger, he's a lock, but we'll go through that later. Um, someone like Titch, if you don't have Titch this week and you want to sideways, say, a Taranto or something like that, Titch is going to go fucking huge. Um, so, yeah, Richmond basically don't have a midfield, literally at all. Like, Swizz, what, what are you running in there in midfield this week? Uh, Martin, I think, in, what, his second game or something, Riley Collier Dawkins and uh, Thomas Dow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. No, I so, think we've, so we've also got we've also got Jack. We've also got Jack Graham in there and Jack Ross. So you know we've <laughs> got all the experience and that. It's, and they and they've brought back all their guys. So their midfield is literally Mitchell, Worrell, uh, oh, sorry, Warple, Amira, Phillips, and Wingard. Can we just quietly say that Richmond are tanking so they don't come ninth? Can we yeah. say can we can we say Absolutely. that because you you you've you've made so many changes where you're just like you know what we'll just we'll finish twelfth we'll take a good pick because there's no way yeah. that we're going to win this game and finish ninth overall and cop shit. Absolutely, I cop some shit on that for saying that on the Richmond forum this week. So fuck you for those who complained at me because there's no way I wanted to see us finish ninth. Play the kids. Why not? First time in five, five years I can say that. Let's play the kids. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. So after um, Friday night's game, so obviously Bulldogs Port has a, a bit of ramifications for finals because Port obviously the only ones that can really win a home game, um, in the, especially in the first rounds. So you could find that Geelong versus um, versus Melbourne have some fucking laid outs. Uh, I think that there will be for those final teams with nothing to play for. They might as well just rest some people, right? Because there's no pre-finals well, by. So be careful this also, weekend is what I'm well, saying. Even, even the case that Joel Melbourne's after Brisbane, not that they, I think Brisbane can change anything only with the dogs, but yeah, Geelong Melbourne will have, will obviously know what they need to do. And the same yeah. with Essendon. They're in the exact same situation as Kyle, especially with them with a Sunday game. Um, they'll play after the St Kilda Frio. So if that game's uh, going the Saints' way, uh, yeah, the Bombers could be in the exact same situation where they could make three or four late changes there. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting round of footy anyway because, yeah, you've got a few teams who have completely checked out. Uh, Richmond, Gold Coast will be in that situation and a few teams not playing for anything where there's a couple teams like Hawthorne, uh, Clarkson's last game, Burgoyne's last game. Yeah, exactly. You know... Yeah. They're, they're, and that's why they put back all their senior guys because it's such a big day for them. 
Um, so that's one. Carlton, obviously, will be a very interesting with everything going on with Teague to see if they um, actually show some fight or they just completely check out. That's and it done. could be... GWS, have GWS have to win, too. Yeah, GWS have to win. It's going to be interesting. Now, I guess, is there, is there any insight as to where the games will be next week? Because... If there's no, Melbourne for two weeks. Melbourne yeah, for so, two weeks. What? So, there, so, so the latest in regards to Geelong, if Geelong were to get a home final, that's still a possibility to be in Geelong. However, the AFL has said they don't want to play finals in front of no crowds. Uh, so Tasmania is in, on standby for that. And Tasmania can host up to two games. I've said it's really come down to Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane and Tassie. Right. Um, so that so that's why that's why it makes sense that Geelong and Melbourne they don't really care because if say Port Adelaide beat the Bulldogs, then they're like, well, sweet. Or actually, on the flip side, actually, if the Bulldogs beat Port, then they're like, sweet. Well, we'll just kick back because we're all now guaranteed top two, basically. And it's and it's a coincidence that um, all of the restrictions in Queensland lift on Friday night. Oh wait, it's not. Yeah. It's all money orientated. Oh, cool. Well, guaranteed. Brisbane Brisbane already had crowds last weekend. I was there. Yeah, but they're upping to seventy five percent capacity instead of fifty. Weekend. Yeah, instead of fifty yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So, well, mind you, we have had like zero COVID cases like all week. So, kudos to that. Um, and and there's, there's a discussion going on at the moment regarding the grand final and the buy, where they may not have the buy at all, or that buy will be after the prelim week. The AFL was talking about having it after week two, but I think the clubs all rejected that. In that, who yeah, how crap would that be? And they're saying it's hard, like Damien Barrett was talking about it this morning, going, well, it's hard for clubs to sit there and go, oh, well, we might not make finals, but we're trying to have a say on this. But, yeah, what happens if you're in that situation where you have the week off and then they give you another week off? Like, they just can't put it after the semi. So it needs to be, if they're going to do it, it has to be after the prelim or they just bring the grand final forward. Yeah, I think the the issue is if if it's in Western Australia for, say, you know, the final four and the grand final, that would... They, it sounds like Western Australia, they, they require you to quarantine, you know, for yeah. and be vaccinated. So it's going to be one of those longer, drawn-out processes, which I guess I can see the appeal if they're saying, hey, like, you know, there's Brisbane that, you know, play possibly a home final and Geelong maybe a home final then next week after the first round of finals, then we sort of do a quarantine and then relocate. But it's going to be hard, man, no matter what. Um, uh, yeah, so, and I don't envy unlucky Victorians again. You had a pretty good run for most of the year, and now footy, the biggest time of the year again. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Mate, yeah, I'm in frigging cricket finals at the moment. I'm pissed. Are you going, mate? I said I'm pissed. I'm in cricket finals at the moment. I don't get to play. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's, no it's, it's hard. I know a lot of other things come into it, so everyone's got their own thoughts and opinions about it, but... Yeah, no, I know. I can understand the frustration, especially um, if you're like a D supporter and you haven't seen success maybe in your lifetime and this is your opportunity and then you're not going to get to see it. So I really do feel for uh, some of the D let's, supporters let's out there. That. I mean, who do you think winning the granny? Because my money's on Geelong, mate. I, I've got all of the money on Geelong at the moment. I just don't think that these just have that killer instinct in finals, but the next three weeks can obviously change that. The experience that Geelong have, I think we'll probably see them through to the granny, and uh, if they get there, I think they'll win. I think Stuart out hurts, though. 
I really, I really think it is. Go out and strike seventeen intercepting defenders, man. I don't need one. Yeah, that's true. Uh, actually, I think Henry is the one that I think could really step up. He's actually been real good um, this he was year. Good last week. Yeah, I don't know yeah. just Henry it, it, intercept marks, and he's just he looks actually a real composed kid. I, I would not mind looking at him for draft leagues next year, just in general, if there's natural progression on scope. Um, okay, so let's quick little shout out now. If for our grand finale. If there is a segment that you would like us to do, so for instance, you know, um, worst five decisions all year or play, people that we're going to look at next year, who are people we're looking at starting as a, you know, let's say a set and forget or a premium. Um, five. Yeah, so who we're looking at. So, we'll, you know, we'll go by position and do a couple of things. If there's something that you want us to do in our final, let us know so we can easily run through kind of like a little countdown, a top 10 or a five. Um, I should even see if we can go back and get our SC Elites footage uh, maybe, you know what, fuck it, we got Bluetooth, we can even call Corey, mate. We'll just start calling and prank calling <laughs> Corey, Cheezo, start hitting them up. We had a, we had a up. bit of a, a chat in our, um, in our group chat the other day um, of, you know, different, uh, different players you would actually consider. But the, the problem is, especially, like, value in midfield doesn't seem to be existent next year because we've got, what, like 10 midfielders averaging 115-plus this season? So... For if you're going to pick a value option, you've got to try and pick someone that's going to average more than those 15, 10, 15 guys. Like it's, it's pretty insane in midfield and it's going to be a very hard year. Cause I think a lot of cash is going to be spent on those big position players. Um, and then not only that, also, forward and back. also expensive, right. also expensive rookies again too. Um, you know, you look at, um, day costs, you know, so as in, if you're going to stack your midfield, oh, you're also, yeah. you know, it's harder than if you have a 210,000 or whatever it'll be. Mm. Um, you know, and there's meant to be a couple of really good guys, kind of, you know, how we've had to pay out for Rao. It's going to be a similar yeah. scenario. For me, I think um, Ruck is going to be the saviour. I think if Pruce can be fit, I know everyone likes set and forget, but if he's going to be low 200s with the flexibility of Marshall and English, that's where I'm already leaning. Early days, obviously. Yeah, I'll tell you, there'll, be, like there'll English, be three... I like Jackson. There'll be three high-priced rookies that I feel like we're going to need next year. Um, one of the issues usually is a lot of them don't come in straight away, but I feel just because the teams they're going to, uh, North Melbourne, Adelaide and Hawthorne, um, and just the more likely that they are going to be midfielders. And then you add on the top of that, that it's also going to be Dacos. So it could be even up to four um, mid, um, cheap, well, not cheap, but uh, great, premium cheapy. Yeah. But that, oh, yeah, that's cool. going to make things real interesting. Good old Will Gould, is he? Are we going to play? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I said that. On the starting side for like the entire first three months of Supercoach. <laughs> was it Tim Mitchell that put it up and said, who's your five locks for next year? And I said, well, Will Gould, Will Gould was my number one. He's got to play at some point, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. Well, even like Mills and Lloyd out and he still couldn't get a game. Go figure. Mm-hmm. But I guess Dawson's been a revelation back there too. So, I mean... You know, can't do it all. Um, yeah, so, so I think uh, like we would just like to say if you are trading this week, be careful about who you're trading in and make it last minute. Yes. Because there's going to be laid outs. There's going to be people pulled from games and it can completely swing how that game's going to play. So uh, just be aware of it because obviously in Supercoach, if a team is dominant over another team, they have a massive larger slice of the pie and it's much less likely that that player on the losing side is going to score well. Um, not everyone is Toot Miller is what I'm saying. Yeah, but not, not well, only that, and on the additional side, it's not just about being rested. It's also, you know, it, the time on ground might go down 5%, 10%, you know, depending on, so you, you say even 
like Dangerfield, who is a must-have, but if you're training them in, you wait before just before they play. But any knock, they're just going to get sat out. Any other issues, they just they're not going to be playing because it's all about finals. So I, I do agree with that. Make your decision, make it last minute, and try and look for somewhere you can really hurt your opposition. Swiss. Well, well, one way of doing it because a lot of people, if you've got that trade and it's going to be likely to be Zebul, um, they're waiting to even as late as say Essendon Collingwood. And maybe looking at your your Nick Hine, your Jake Stringer, someone like that who could go massive, um, but it would actually give you a better idea of how you're tracking against your um, opposition. Um, so you might need a safe player who you know might only need to get an eighty or a ninety, and that could be an easy trade. But if you need somebody, let's say you're looking with one um, unique left, and you need a hundred and forty, well, well, bugger it, let's go safe Stringer because you know he can score something like that. Or even like, I mean, the great thing is um, Zebel's worth 590k, so you're going to have options. You can go um, anyone. Darcy Parrish is 544k. He was he had 44 disposals and was best on ground in the Anzac Day game. Um, you know, there's there's definitely going to be options. The problem with obviously choosing a midfielder for a forward is that may not line up with your side. Um, but yeah, someone like a stringer, I can see going big. I've it really enjoyed his second half of the year. I think he's a shoe in for uh, all Australian. I, just based on the fact that I know he hasn't played as many games. I think he's only played 17 games of the possible what. 21. He's kicked a lot of goals though as well. Yeah, he's kicked a lot of goals. He's at, but, but he's also had a lot of clearances and and dispo- He's had a best his best career year, and there was obviously a lot of talk about him this week in the media. But I said this last week before that even popped up. You look at the forwards this year, the small forwards. There's really not much to pick from. I think it's basically Toby Green, and that's about it in terms of consistency throughout the year. And even Toby Green, he missed what three or four games as well. So you really struggle. Yeah, it, I think he's the highest averaging. Goals per game for a small forward is Toby Green. Yep. And um, Zach Bailey, I think, is probably up there as well as far as impact. But he kind of tailored off a little bit um, yeah, this year. Yeah, he's great at the start of the season. Yeah. He's tailed off, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah I, in, my, in my running All-Australian team, I've had uh, Fritsch in there and that. So all I did was add Stringer in um, because Fritsch did nothing wrong to, to kick himself out. But as you said, it's probably a year where it's uh, probably the two key forwards, maybe two hybrid forwards. And then maybe a Toby Green, and I wouldn't. And it's probably the one year I could live with them putting Petrarca or Bont or someone like that on the half forward line, just because well, I've Petrarca keep. Has played a considerable yeah. forward, and so I can, and I can understand him on like, half forward line. Well, what's Bont like? Fifteenth highest goal kicker for the year, or something like that. Now it's um, the midfielders have been kicking a lot more of the goals this season. Yeah, Zorko's uh, so hit a few. Uh, <coughs> interesting. We did have a chat. We, we sort of did our own little uh, all Australian in the ch- in the chat that we share as well. And I suppose at the end of the day, what we all realised is that the midfielders have been outstanding this year, as opposed to normal years where you're like, okay, there's been wingers that have been really good. We should really include them in the wings. There has been ten outstanding midfielders, and I don't know how you leave a couple of them out, but you're going to have to choose between, say, a, a Took Miller and a Darcy Parish. Like, who gets in that spot? You know, like they've both been absolutely outstanding, but Parish is on a winning side, Took's on a losing side. Does, does Took just not make it because he plays for Gold Coast? Yeah, like, it's going do you reckon to be Walsh? Do you reckon Walsh gets in this year based on the hype? Oh, I think he has to. I think he has I, to. I think I, I think he's been absolutely outstanding all season. If anyone's watched his Consistent, game, he's going, yeah. holy shit. He's holding Carlton up by the, yep. the, the, if by only, the string. If only someone predicted it at the start of the season, hey, Chris? Yeah, if, <laughs> I, if only someone 
Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Is it, is it laundry day, Chris? Uh, it is actually. I, 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 Just letting them all. Let, literally, like. We can't see anything. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I've got my entire laundry. I did three loads of washing this afternoon, so yeah. Is that, um, good. So you did yours and the three kids. Is that what you're saying, Chris? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, okay, okay, so let's go on to, we have spoken briefly, captains and VCs this week, boys. Real big topic, particularly for this week. Now, it looks like Titch is playing early. I think they're second off the rank. So you think a VC on Titch might be a good idea? Or, or, or McRae? Yeah, I think Mc, I think you got to go McRae if you're in a winning position. So if you're if if you're tipped to be a higher average, uh, sorry, a higher uh, predicted score, um, or you're high highly ranked, I think you can't not go McRae. I think you kind of have to. You're locked into the obvious decision. Um, if you're trying to chase, that's when you sort of can take a little bit of a risk. Um, and look at, say, something like a Titch VC, which is what I'm doing, because I'm, I'm trying to chase down someone who's going to have McRae, and I think McRae's still going to go 130 regardless. You think he'll be good enough that you have to take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm looking for someone who's going to go 150 plus this week because I need that for my score to actually be better. Uh, I'm chasing a pack. So um, I'm risking it for the biscuit, but I can understand... Most people who are highly ranked or are in a winning position in their grand final should probably go McRae VC. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Um, yeah. McRae and Titch are good. Um, for me, just having a look now as well, I don't know, like I'd probably avoid Geelong Melbourne. Uh, Clary seems to play really well against top four sides, but again, there might not be much on offer. Um, so I actually don't mind the Titch factor even into a steal because you know against Fremantle, sure, he might get a little bit of a run with, with Sarong. But I think he'll, he's just a better calibre when you look at the in and under kind of types. I think it's played was down Tassie now. Tassie, is it? Tassie? So yeah. there could be a lot my, of um, my, tackles. My only worry with Steele, as I brought up with you before when I was chatting to you, was uh, he's only ever scored 100 against Fremantle. I don't know what, what that historical thing just worries me just that little bit. But saying that, I've got Steele as the captain at the moment. Uh, another thought would be if you are – if Say you have a VC of McRae or Mitchell and you've got somebody from Collingwood or um, Essendon or even a North Adelaide player that you can use as your loophole, um, if you're going into that Essendon-Collingwood or Adelaide-North game and you're behind with no one else to play, then why not just swing your captain on a Laird or someone like that because... Yeah, that might be the difference, that extra 30 or 40 points to help you get that win. Yeah, Laird hasn't gone notoriously well against them either. Grundy's got the, he's the one that has a proven record against Essendon. Uh, just depends on whether he'll show up. I think last time he was doing horrible, remember, until I think the last quarter mm. where he went absolutely massive and scored like 70 points or something or other because he was doing so bad. I can't remember actually when, when it was. Uh, Essendon, he got 153, and I swear yeah, he was on like fuck all for a lot of that game. So that's another good one, though. I think he's had, including this year. So this year he went against Essendon. Uh, he got a 153. And then when you look at his last three as well, so 2020 and two games in 2019, he's gone 151, 134, 157. So three of his last four are 150 plus. So I think Grundy is also a pretty safe option against Essendon. Uh, now, guys, I, I floated this earlier in the chat, and I want to just want to uh, just crown myself with this achievement. I also uh, alerted these people to this in our um, Geelong podcast at the start of the year. But uh, the one person that I'm putting a captain on, and this may 
change depending on Friday night's game and where Geelong and Melbourne sit is uh, a good old Paddy Dangerfield, who, by the way, has a five-year average in the last game of the season of 166.2. So that's massive, obviously, but it seems like Danger turns the button the last round of the season and wants to go into the finals with form. And so I'm looking at that going... I don't know if I can turn away from those sort of scores. And just to just to reiterate, in terms of how big they have been, so obviously last week he went pretty big as well with a with a one sixty nine. Um, but bringing up last season, hold on one sec. So last season was one seventy in the in round twenty round eighteen because obviously they had the shortened season. The year before was one fifty six. The year before was one eighty seven. The year before was one sixty three, and the year before that was one fifty five which was his lowest score for the last five years. So Danger's got an absolute record of just killing the last round of the season. Um, and so if you're really, really looking for that that unique, Titch doesn't fire for whatever reason, McRae doesn't go well for you, and you're looking for someone to go huge, lock in Danger. Go. Well, I, I would rather somebody playing at the same time as him than Danger, and which was uh, Mr. Kelly who just put out 148 last week against the Tigers, has got a 205 against Carlton, and um, it would not surprise me if he got somewhere near that this week. That's also true as well. Interesting. I prefer, yeah, proven history over Josh Kelly, who loves to frustrate me every single fucking week. Frustrate you? Yeah, oh, frustrate you! <laughs> There'd be plenty of Carlton supporters be going, yeah, now he's got a proven history against us. Oh, this makes Brucey very excited. It really does. <laughs> Fuck. Um, hey, boys. Mm-hmm. Going into our last special, I can't remember who commented on Twitter, I think it was, saying that we should do our final episode six beers deep. <laughs> so what I'm saying is is that it could be quite interesting if we start our final episode and it could go for like an hour or so because there'll be a lot to discuss and a lot of hot topics that people want us to discuss. I'm putting one more shout out there for a sponsor. Who wants to give oh, yeah. Chris? Someone, someone said that they would sponsor us to deal with Corey as long as he's fucking half a cut in, in as well. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yeah if Corey's we involved too. if sure, Corey's sure, here, yeah. I'm sure I've, I've got his number somewhere. We can hit him up. Uh, we'll tweet him as well. But we're looking for a sponsor because if you want us well liquored six beers deep before <laughs> we start, um, hit us up. I've got to organise a babysitter for the kids though, so I don't know if. We... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, another kid joke. You're welcome for that one. Yes, Chris will have to fill everyone in on his personal life at some stage. Um, all illegitimate. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, look, that, that that wraps us up. I think, guys, uh, pretty simple. I think the finale will be where we really summarise the whole year, how we went, the highs, the lows, the good, the in betweens, and also taking uh, requests from the public on our top fives or any sort of list you would ask to generate. We can sort that out for you. All right, easy. Well, look, until next time, we are Supercoach Insider. I cannot wait for the off-season. I've got like six weeks off over Christmas. I'm going to be getting that spreadsheet up in amongst it. So for those of you that love the spreadsheet, do stay tuned and give me well wishes because it is painful and time-consuming. But we love it. Mate, all we do is move on to EPL Fantasy. Yes. Actually, if you not not today, not today. But if you are interested in, um, I need to select my side. I have no idea. 
uh, EPL Fantasy, or even uh, Swizz, myself, and Grimmy, we are big on the Big Bash. So if you're a Big Bash uh, super coach or whatever, yeah, and you no want, likes. if you would like Swizz and myself to maybe chat, if you want Swizz and myself to chat once a week maybe, then let us know. Um, we could be in the market for all things super coach, except for racing. I have no idea. Oh, no, I'll I like do, do that as well. I actually I tweeted that this week, and that if you can make a super coach out of everyday activities, and that I'd do that as well. So how many how many so how many sure points? Why they don't have Supercoach NBA. Like NBA is one of the most popular fantasy and, and NFL to be honest, but um, it, one of the most popular fantasy sports out there. Uh, like everybody that I know plays uh, fantasy NBA. So like weird. Hey Swiss, fantasy oh, for everyday yeah. life. How many points would be a left-handed wank with your non-dominant head? <laughs> that should be worth a few points, wouldn't it? I call it the clumsy stranger. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's a little bit of an off topic. Um, anyway, look, that's us. And um, geez, Chris thinking cans. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> See you guys. Yes, we'll do. Bye. Cheers, guys. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry.